this thing and then and, and talk about some movies all right all right hey listeners you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast where three friends get together and talk about a horror movie which we will spoil uh the recently watched we'll talk about first we will try not to spoil me um we're not professional critics we're just three friends who used to work together at an art supply store and uh our opinions are our own. If you share them, that's cool. And uh, we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find their music on Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, where you could buy it digitally. Say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays, and where we are chewing the scenery, which is also our uh, Instagram. Yes, <laughs> Dash Rays, uh, where... Um, you can find us on Instagram by the same name, Chewing the Scenery. That's housekeeping, other than to say we made a coloring book. Yes, if you understand how awesome Plan 9 from Outer Space is, we made a Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book. And uh, you can go to plan9coloringbook.com, and it's not spelled out, it's the number 9. So plan9coloringbook.com, and when you click on shop, it'll take you to Etsy where you can buy it. And uh, we're dangerously close to break even, and then uh, and we'll start sp- splitting the money up. <laughs> Profit. Yeah, we'll be able to buy some booze or something. Um, yeah. Hopefully not illegal fireworks. Paper to put out another coloring book. Yeah, you know, it'll probably just pay for the next print run. Um, yeah. That's it for the housekeeping stuff, guys. Any um, exciting recently watched? I should probably say who we are. I'm Richard, and I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Good evening. So, who wants to kick off the um, recently watched? I think you do. Me? I'll do it. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, there's some UFO stuff in here, but no Bigfoot stuff. What? <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're uh, one step from Bigfoot now. Well, yeah. You know, if you do the um, six degrees of separation, I met Bob Gimlin, who met Bigfoot. Yeah, that's one degree of separation for me. Well, he, <laughs> he was, they he don't was, seem to really meet in that video. You know, Bigfoot seems to be on his way somewhere and has no time for fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's kind of that look over the shoulder, and it's like, oh shit, did they see me? I got to get out of here. Hey, I got oh, a, I got a thing I got to get to. <laughs> How they get so close to me? I'm really I'm getting I get, sloppy. I got some wood knocks to do and some apples to take from some gifting areas. I have some boulders to throw at some campers. That's right. So, anywho, um, I watched Unacknowledged. This is a 2017 documentary. Um, 
this basically, uh, okay, this was um, directed and written, quote unquote, written by um, uh, Michael Mazzola and uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who you would all know as Gus Fring from uh, oh. Breaking Bad. He narrates it. Mm-hmm. So it's got a really nice sound of the narration. Uh, so this, uh, this visits with uh, some people who know a lot about the the UFO situation in our world and have opinions about it. Um, the, the situation is that they keep flying around in our skies and no one knows what the damn things are. Nobody who really knows this stuff. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people who are experts in this field or who are well versed in sightings and experiences. A lot of them don't say that it's extraterrestrial life. They're just saying, we don't know what these things are, yet they are there. Okay. Yeah, there's, a, there's a UFO museum um, somewhere, on, maybe maybe Roswell. Yes. Yeah, Roswell has one. They're stocking the, uh, those UFO books that it covers for. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, Ed Edmonds, who uh, we had the interview with, uh, the guy who has the place in Greeley that makes the masks, Distortions Unlimited. Oh. He made the three aliens getting out of the ship that's at that, that uh, museum. Uh, ah. So the, the main figure in this uh, documentary is Stephen M. Greer, who is the founder of the Disclosure. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Disclosure Project. Uh, yeah. And we get a lot of other experts. Uh, there's some archival footage of Carl Sagan. Uh, we hear from Special Agent from the U.S. Air Force, Richard Doty, um, all kinds of these guys who know stuff. And... Uh, they basically say, well, what's the history of all this stuff? Why do people with, you know, these high security clearances say they have seen things that they can't explain? And uh, as with any good documentary about UFOs, we don't know that much more coming out of it than we knew going into it, but it's super compelling and interesting. So unacknowledged from 2017, it's a good watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. This was a, um, let's see, what's our runtime on it? I think it's, oh, it's an hour and 40 minutes, Will, so we're just over the Barnes limit, but cut out, you know. Watch the last 10 minutes. Yeah, just cut out the last 10 minutes and you'll probably not miss anything that you didn't already know. Uh, also, on the UFO tip, I watched UFO Chronicles The Smoking Gun from 2019, and this one talks about... UFOs and really? it's only 65 minutes. So it's part of okay. a, part of a series. And, uh, this particular one talks about, um, top authorities who know stuff. We're talking pilots, astronauts, government officials, military officials, medical experts, scientists. And, uh, of course the cool thing is, yeah, let's go into, uh, who's in this. Um, I want to say this was the one with Stanton Friedman does a good bit on this one. I think this is the one. Yeah, I like Stan Friedman. Unfortunately, he died a little over a year ago. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, as far as UFO people go, yeah. I enjoy hearing his <laughs> <laughs> He seemed more grounded than all the rest of them put together. <laughs> um, Some of them, yeah. yeah. And then I thought, you know, what... 
what about nice people but i don't know if i'd trust them with my house or something <laughs> right they're not house sitting for you uh, then I wondered, you know, what was, what's it like to go back to the beginning of some of these documentaries? So I found that, uh, you could, uh, watch Chariots of the Gods, uh, that, uh, Eric, yeah, that Eric Von Doniken book, uh, from like uh-huh. the late sixties or whatever. Well, there was a 1970 documentary and the original one was released. It was made in West Germany back when there was an East and a West Germany. Uh, and the original one was narrated by um, Rod Serling. So now this one had um, all kinds of stuff that basically is like the ancient aliens kind of theory. And a lot of evidence that things like um, the frescoes of uh, uh, Dekani, uh, Visaki Dekani, where you see those those space people flying around in the frescoes. Like what 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 were they traveling in? Uh, it's so weird. Well, one one of the upcoming uh, Marvel movies is The Eternals, which is based off the Jack Kirby series. Okay. Um, which is in turn inspired by the Chariot of the God, Chariot of the Gods. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was going to so, say the same thing that I loved this story as a Jack Kirby comic, but yeah. I don't know if I want to watch another documentary about it. I think mm. I've seen that one. I remember watching. That was a good one. Because yeah, that was one of the early ones of the whole chariot of the gods, ancient aliens. It kind yeah, it kind of feels like a long episode of In Search of minus Leonard Nimoy. Uh huh. And it doesn't really take. Um, I I shouldn't say it doesn't take a, a stance or an opinion on the matter, but it's a little less evangelical about. God damn it, they were aliens. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's kind of more like it almost sounded, that was almost like an Ernest Borgnine. God damn it. Those are aliens. Um, but they but but they did a um, you know, they, they did a lot of research and they got some really good footage. It's it didn't blow my mind like some of the newer ones that Bob Lazar one is good. You know, like if I if I want to pick a recent one. Um Okay. Narcolepsy's acting up. Right. There he is. Okay, so that's Chariot Chariots of the Gods. I'd say it's worth a look if you're into you, the UFO stuff. But you froze for a while there, so we don't know. If, oh. If we heard that in bit, but. Oh, okay. Chariot of the Gods. Yeah, <laughs> Chariots of the Gods. Uh, Chariots of the Gods? Question mark was the book. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why the question mark. These totally were the chariots of the gods. <laughs> why do the why do the carvings all look like they're wearing helmets? Uh, I realized I had never seen the brain that wouldn't die, aka the head that wouldn't die. You guys know this. Oh. One? You guys know this one. I don't. Yeah. Even, I don't even, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from 1962. The monster living in the in the closet. Yeah. In the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he rips him the guy's arm off. He's trying to rebuild his wife out out of strippers. Yeah. Yeah. This is the original Frankenhooker. It's more like Franken uh-huh. yeah, Frankenstripper. Yeah. Now he did. I love that movie. He did such a shit job on the first attempt. I don't know how he thinks he's going to make her look so great. I mean, I think yeah. that. 
spoilers on this one, people, but when that thing finally pops out of the closet and does some some killing, it it looks like somebody made it out of clay. Uh, yeah, it looks like a third grade class made it. Yeah, totally. Um, we're going to give you paper mache, but when you're done, we get to put a layer of clay on it. Um, <laughs> this was from 1962. It's um, uh, 82 minutes, Will. You'll be happy to know. Yeah. I'm gonna mute. Why I love B-movies. Oh, yeah. So um, this was uh, this was one of those movies that uh, everybody likes the poster and the and the stills from it, but a lot of people have never watched it. And I realized I was, one of, I was one of them. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah, I good. Like that. good dialogue. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. The dialogue is priceless. The guy almost looks like Russell Johnson, the guy who played the professor on Gilligan's Island. Almost, yeah. almost looks like Russell Johnson. Um, apparently he's regarded as very handsome in this movie because, you know, all the girls are just swooning when he just talks to them. So, uh, other than witnesses being abound, he, he almost has several opportunities to kidnap and murder and behead a woman to sew his fiance's head onto, but yeah, it doesn't, this was years, years before Craigslist. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a lot more involved. You have to do a lot of driving around and lurking. Um, but, uh, on the intro, it says the brain that wouldn't die and on the outro it says the head that wouldn't die on the on the outro credits this one on uh, which you can watch on uh, amazon prime has uh the the previously unavailable footage that involves nudity actual nudity in 1962 and some gore which you would not expect uh apparently uh synapse and then um oh let's see i want to say Oh, I don't have it on screen, but, uh, but there were, uh, there were two releases of it on DVD where you could have all the restoration at your fingertips. So that was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got, I've got it on DVD. Yeah. Do you have, do you have all that extra footage? Uh, yeah, I think I've got the synapse one. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's the, uh, the original one where they got a hold of the negative and all the, you know, the footage, the footage that got edited out so many times. Uh, so this one's really, and I hesitate to say quaint, but there is a quaintness to the late, you know, anything from the 40s and 50s and, of course, the early to mid-60s. There's a quaintness to the way everyone behaves and talks to each other and the way everyone is always dressed up when they're out in the world. Uh, I don't know what it is that's, there's something kind of comforting but eye rolling about that at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, am I being condescending to say that? I don't know, but I really enjoy that. It's not as hokey as like an episode of leave it to beaver, uh, or lassie or something, or any of the things Andy Griffith was in, but there is definitely <laughs> something like, ah, all oh, these stupid people didn't know how horrible the world was. And they all wore suits and dresses and stuff. They dressed I up. I disagree. They did know how horrible the world was, but they drank a lot because of it. Okay. Or they benefited. You have to remember, any movie you see named the 50, 40s or 50s, everybody was south. To the <laughs> Fair enough. They, 
You know, they beat the Nazis, they earned it. Yep. Also, they had to beat the Nazis, so they needed the drink as well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Anytime I watch an old movie, I just think, wow, these people are really high-functionally alcoholics. <laughs> oh, for sure. I like uh, when the 101st uh, bust into the uh, German hideaways uh, <laughs> up, up in the mountains, and they, they found, like, Goering's like, stash of wines from all over Europe. Yeah. And they spent, like, a, I think it was two weeks, and they just drank everything. <laughs> yeah. They were drinking it out of tin cups. <laughs> It's like, I don't have a tin cup. I use your boot. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I know mystery science theater 3000 did an episode of it. Um, yeah. and then, uh, there's a, there's an HBO series called I'll be gone in the dark. And, uh, this basically is about the golden state killer as he's, uh, come to be known. Uh, back then he was known as the, uh, East area rapist and then the, um, original night stalker, uh, before, before they figured out Richard Ramirez was a different dude, uh, doing similar killings. But this, um, this was, um, Michelle McNamara, uh, who was, um, Patton Oswalt's wife. Uh, she died not that long ago, but, uh, she was obsessed with this case and wrote books about true crime and uh this series talks about her pursuit of this and she did some very good work which who knows might have finally unveiled him but one of the uh, golden state killers grandchildren uh did one of those cool little dna tests and uh of course those go into a database and it turns out these matches came up for some of these cases where dna had been logged and they said, well, we know you, you weren't the one because you weren't al- alive then. Uh, who's your grandpa? So <laughs> they did catch this guy. And uh, he'll live out his vicious, miserable life in prison as an old man. Uh, that's no big spoiler if you've ever watched the news. But uh, the series, I think we're on to the third or fourth episode. We're watching it in real time because it's still popping up once a week uh it's it's worth watching i know that if you look at the rating on imdb it gets 6.8 but i think it's better than that so that's my recently watched who wants to go next all right so i watched uh quite a few noir again this week but uh, i kicked off the week with teenage monster 1958 as uh, we're trying to watch borrowed videos was it quaint teenage monster was it quaint? We, we used oh, to work quaint. for a we used to work for a guy who had that haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was quaint. It was terrible too. <laughs> it was terribly quaint. Did you watch this one? I thought you borrowed this one from Jolene as well. Oh, is this Evidently the one? There's with the island. No, this is. Uh, a kid and his dad go out to a mine, and to mine, and a meteorite comes and, and crashes and kills dad and scars the boy, and the boy grows up to be some sort of killer, and mom hides him in a mine for a while until they find gold, and then they move to town. Um, his name is Charles, and he looks a little like Charlie Manson. 
Oh, weird. He's, he's got big hair and uh-huh. big beard. Big yeah. beard. Yeah. Bad teeth and lifts in his shoes because he's only 5'3". Uh, <laughs> and uh, evidently there's a clip of it in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but yes. I don't remember it. I have to rewatch it. Hmm. I imagine it's when they go to the movies. When we go with the... Uh, I think it's on TV. Or maybe the TV, yeah. Um, anyway, not a great film. Sets up to be a UFO movie about the Aurora incident, but then they don't touch on that subject at all. But the little lead-in paragraphs like, this really happened in Texas. 
I did not notice it. But for some reason, he decides he'll bring along the girl who uh, uh, helped work his case. She's a, a legal assistant who has a thing for him. It seems like a bad idea to bring your girlfriend and your possibly girlfriend together on a, on a, on a lamb. Uh, but uh, he does, and it, it goes badly, like all great noirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Nothing goes as planned. Uh, really good. Uh, the girlfriend, uh, I think, was Claire Trevor. She's really good. Uh, the uh, law assistant, Marsha Hunt, she's pretty. She's not given too much to do, really, other than be kind of like, oh, my God. Uh, you know, uh, I can't remember. Joe, 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 always crying about Joe. Uh, Raymond Burr throws a vat of flaming alcohol on a party guest, which is horribly shocking for 1948. He is just cold-blooded in this. Until, I thought so, until I watched the next movie, Hellbound, 1957. <clears throat> This is uh, by William J. Hall Jr. I know who that is. J. Hall. Um, this stars John Russell and June Blair. John Russell is cold-blooded in this. He uh, it starts off with the narrator, you know, kind of a dragnet sort of police omniscient police narrator that Friday. This is Friday, February fifth. This is a, uh, you know, uh, transport ship for the U.S. Army returning with uh, cargo, which turns out to be narcotics that they have left over from World War II that they're going to dispose of. Um, you watch about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of this guy narrating this, this heist, and then it pulls back, and you realize you're watching a movie, and it's a guy, John Russell, who plays a guy named Jordan, who has this great heist in mind, but he doesn't have the money to, or the people to go to do the heist for him. So he's made a small independent film to advertise it to people. Well, the crime boss who he's advertising to his girlfriend, who's a good 30 years younger than he is, she's probably early 20s, she snaps up on it right away. She can see how she can work her way in because they're going to need a nurse. They have a nurse, but uh, she works her way into the into the crew. Uh, she has to work with an ambulance driver for a month or so to kind of get her cover story going. And they set up the rest of the heist crew. And as I said before, nothing goes right. Um, no matter how well really you good. scheme and no matter how much you yeah. plan... All their quirks, you would think they'd bring them together and they'd really be able to pull it off. But uh, no, it ends badly for every one of them. Well, yeah, it ends badly for every one of them. (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. And then I watched A Kiss Before Dying, 1956. Um, If you have any suspicions that Robert Wagner (laughs) killed his wife, don't watch this movie. (laughs) This is an excellent noir. This is one where you really, usually I watch noir, you want the criminal to get away. Even if they're doing something awful, you're like, ooh, 
I hope he can. I can hope. I hope he pulls this off. But he's, you know he, he, he schemed so carefully. Yeah, oh, he schemed and he schemed and he sweated over it. He earned it. Uh, Robert Wagner wants to kill his pregnant girlfriend. Um, he wants to kill her before she's pregnant, but uh, that really pushes him over the edge. And uh, so he speak. is. <laughs> really pushes him the over the edge. How ironic! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suicide of plenty in this movie. Um, I recommend it. I really liked it. Um, he's sick. He's a sick individual in this movie. <laughs> um, and it's in color. Weird. You don't want to watch noir because they're in black and white. I don't know what's wrong with you. But this is one in color. Wow. Um, and then I mentioned previously the big combo. This is one I had wanted to see, uh, 1955. I wanted to see this movie for a long time. For some reason, never available to me. Um, I watched it. I think it's one of those, a case of, I waited so long to see it, it was going to be underwhelming. It has some shocking moments, considering it's 1955, but they're not terribly shocking today. And it almost veers too close to a procedural for me. Yeah, I felt this one felt like it was at the fag end of the noir films. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It's it's got that great final scene at the the airport. The airport scene is fantastic. And also because you can tell they didn't really have an airport. They had some yeah. <laughs> aluminum, a light, and a smoke machine. Right. Isn't it and, John Alton again? Is, is uh-huh. one of those guys who shot with one light. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that was John Alton again. Uh, I didn't write that down. But, uh, yeah. It looks good. Um, you can. I think, it, I think it stays within the noir lane because the cop isn't necessarily driven just by law and order. He's driven by this obsession over Richard Conti's girlfriend. So I think that kind of keeps you a little more noir. And, uh, but again, if, if I think probably cause it was so popular, it it's been done a lot. Sadly, uh, wrapping up other than tonight's movie wrapping up this week, I watched hell comes to Frogtown. Another movie I've wanted to see for a long time and not had a chance. This is fantastic. Uh, Not as good as Lost Empire. Yes. (laughs) Howdy, Rowdy Piper. It's Uh, the last fertile man on earth. Oh, no. And if that doesn't terrify you, I don't know what will. I recommend this movie. I think we should watch it for this podcast. But I'll let y'all vote. Uh, 1988. This is a movie you watch and you wonder, how did this get made? (laughs) Who wrote this and then was successful enough to sell it to others? To have it all come together and be an actual movie you could watch. It's bizarre. And it's not cheaply done. I don't know how they got the money for it. Because the frog costumes look pretty good for 1988. I'd say they're as good as the Ninja Turtles from 1990. Um, so whoever plays the bullfrog with an eye patch is, I mean, everybody chews the finger, but he is really, really chewing the finger. Hmm. Um, yeah, great, great movie. That sounds like a winner. Yeah. 
check it out. It's on Prime. It's free. I wouldn't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did. Somebody did. Co- I want to know who. Cocaine. How de- much cocaine? Cocaine dealers. <laughs> there was definitely cocaine involved. This is eighty-eight. Yeah, cocaine. That explains everything you need to know. Right. <laughs> I didn't know there'd be literal frogs when they went to Frogtown. Have either of you seen this one? Never. Yep. I've heard the okay. I've heard the title. I never knew what it was about. Yeah, I didn't know what it was about, but I always heard the title. The title alone sells it. Yeah. Is that so, it? That's my recently watch. Jolian, what have you been watching? Uh, all right, I'll go through the horrors. Uh, the horror. The horrors. Uh, the turning. Ah. This is the uh, this is the movie that came out back in January BC. Um, <laughs> this is uh, this is another version of uh, um, the turning of the screw. Oh, okay. Henry James novel. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch a good movie version of this, then go with The Innocents. Mm. Okay. Um, this one comes out more like the, the Doll. <laughs> I know. I know Ziggy liked the Doll, but it's that kind of. It's got that similar look, and uh, you know, it's beautiful mansion. Uh, I think it's filmed in Ireland. Um, it's got. Uh, no, the, the cast is good. It's got Finn Wolfhard, Mackenzie Davis, um, but it's it's, uh, it's pretty much by the numbers. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I, I can't remember much of it, and I saw it a few days ago. Oh, good, good movie then. Uh, VFW. Oh, I've heard about this. As in veterans of foreign wars. Um, so you know, you know exactly what you're getting from the outset. Uh, you got a bunch of uh, character actors, uh, and it's basically a sort of precinct thirteen. Um, they're in the, the VFW bar, and uh, there's a bunch of uh, uh, mostly white um, crackheads. That they're on. They're on. There's uh, there's this new drug. Um, and uh, someone who has a sack of their stuff, their money, gets into the bar, and they're trying to get, get that them. person. Um, so anyway, you got uh, Stephen Lang, who you remember from um, uh, Don't Breathe. Yeah. Uh, Fred Williamson, Martin uh-huh. Cove, um, William Sadler, uh, and you know just. First, gory things being done to people at close quarters. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, one of the recent uh, Fangoria films. So, yeah, it just, uh, you know, exactly what you get and you get it. I believe one of the people who read with the uh, the Commando 2 script worked on that film. <laughs> the he? writer or the director, I don't remember which. But. Uh, director is Joe Bigos. Yes, that's him. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, Underwater. Oh. Uh, this is another film that made it to the cinemas this year. Yeah. Um, this is uh, William Eubank, directed it. Uh, it's the last ever 20th Century Fox release. 
Oh. Um, it's got a really good cast. Uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, Jessica Yulee Hendrick, uh, Vincent Cassell, uh, TJ Miller's in it, who is from Denver, by the way. Hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, you got, you got a group of people who are in this uh, uh drilling operation down in the Marianas Trench and a uh, couple of minutes into it things go really bad and they just get worse and worse and uh, and uh, there are monsters in it um, I advise you not to read up on it much so it doesn't spoil it because it's quite delightful oh okay uh, uh, yeah I really enjoyed it um, you, you see lots of uh, reviews saying oh yeah this rips off aliens Alien, like uh, as if Alien was like this work of originality. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just a haunted house. Yeah, it's just uh, it, the terror from beyond space with a budget. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, I, I really liked it. It's really good production design. Excellent. And uh, really good effects. Like um, I was really impressed by the. Uh, there's lots of walking about in these high pressure suits on the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh huh. And it's really well done. Um, so uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. Oh, excellent! I'll check it out. Um, and uh, The Grudge, mm. another 2020 film. Oh, a remake of a one? remake. Yes, the untold chapter. It says it's no. Uh, I think they conceived it as a reboot. Uh, uh, my definition of reboot is to do something new. Uh, I think it's a, just a rehash. Um, mm. uh, it's really disappointing. This is directed by Nicholas Pesch, who did uh, The Eyes of My Mother. But it, it, you, you'd never know it from this film. This is mm. like really ordinary. Uh, so it, it mixes up, uh, as usual with these, the Grudge franchise, it mixes up several stories uh, based on a cursed house. Um, but uh, because it's cutting between all these different timelines and going backwards and forwards, uh, you don't really build up tension in any of them. Mm. Uh, and you've got a bunch of people who are really miserable and it's raining most of the time. And uh, and then uh, eventually something horrible happens and they get killed. So the crow. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So as I say, as a rehash, uh, I watched uh, one of the special features on it was the director talking about all the Easter eggs. Mm. That would be fun for fans to look for. I'd seen them, all these things he's referring to, you know, on the first viewing. And uh, they're not Easter eggs. They're just, uh, just the scares that he repeated from the previous movies. They're just eggs. Exactly the same things. Oh, man. Uh, you know, the hand coming out of the head in the shower. and uh, mm. Yeah, it's, it was just so ordinary. Um, really, really poor. Uh, but uh, probably my favourite films I watched uh, Criterion brought out the Carl Zeman uh, collection, Three Fantastic Journeys so it's three of his feature length films uh, which isn't all of them and then uh, a few of his uh, short films uh, have you heard of him? No No. Uh, he's this Czech uh, he's basically Georges Mali Ray Harryhausen oh uh, uh, so on this, there's journey to the beginning of time, whereas a group of boys, they get in this boat and they go through this cave and they go 
backwards through time and this river. So they start from the Ice Age and then they go back through the tertiary period, you know, way back. And they, the further back they go, they see like, uh, you know, they go from uh, prehistoric mammals to dinosaurs and they eventually go way back to the Cambrian period and they, they get to the ocean. Wow. Um, uh, and then uh, and the special effects employs uh, basically every kind of animation that was ex in existence at the time. A lot of really good composite work, uh, but it's really nice, really nicely done film. Uh, and then the uh, Invention of Destruction is one of his uh, Jules Verne films, okay. and uh, this one he did. So it looks um, it looks like an animated version of the engravings they used to illustrate the Verne stories with, and the 19th century um, yeah but uh yeah so he's built all these sets and the costumes and so on are uh, made as if they were engravings and uh and then there's like animation and you know layers of glass uh filters and so on so the whole thing kind of blends together so it looks like a combination of live action people moving through this these engravings um it was, wow. It was, yeah, a really great, great looking film. And then uh, then the third one is the fabulous Baron Munchausen, uh, his version of that. So there was the Nazi one back in the 40s and there's the, the Terry Gilliam one. Right. But, uh, this this one came out in the early 60s. Uh, and this one uses wow. um, uh, it was simple colours and, and, and again, it uses uh, engravings, but uh, these ones are based off the, um, the Gustave Doré illustrations. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, um, some of the best work in engraving that you'll ever see. Yeah, that guy was so young. Did you know? No, I didn't know really? he was young. Dora, Dora, yeah, he was. He was in his twenties when he was doing like uh, the Inferno and things like that. Oh and, my god! And like the Raven, uh, he did the. Oh, the Raven is amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't he, 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 so often, he, uh, he was really enthusiastic about portraying like horrible things, and uh, oh yeah. So yeah, he was after my own heart. Is is. And uh, you'd get criticised by the, you know, the holy people around him saying, uh, you're not taking this seriously. You're, you're, you're enjoying this stuff way too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I really recommend that set. Um, and then uh, we'll still be watching the uh, Watchmen series. Oh, the Watchmen? Yeah, so we've got one episode to go. Okay. What do you think but, of it so far? Yeah, I really like it. So. Yeah, I was really impressed. I I did not think I would like it. Right. Yeah, I watched it on your recommendation because I wasn't at all interested in, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't have watched iterations. it if I had read some uh, posts on the internet that made it sound kind of interesting. And Yeah. Yeah, and then I was glad I watched it, you know. I'm not sure now that I've thought about it for a while that it holds up like the original, but I mean, what was, so. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know. All right, I'm uh, convinced. It I'll watch it too. <laughs> I, I like how it it, it, it kind of um, uh, it's kind of set in the real world, as if these you know some 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 bizarre things have happened and rewritten history. But it's, yeah. uh, it plays it plays it very straight and realistically. But at the same time, you see that a lot of the events that happen go straight out of comic books and old serials and things. Uh huh. Yeah, they, they kind of uh, yeah they, they they get around it by treating it very seriously, and then the characters commenting on how uh, 
these things are so comic book that are going on. Yeah. But it still does them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, really, I really like this one. Yeah, it was a good one. I liked it a lot. Cool. That's, that's it. That's the list. Well, The Devil's Reign. Now, you you picked this one, Jolien. Uh-huh. Um, I'm glad you did because I was <laughs> blissfully unaware of this existing or was somewhat aware of it existing and then forgot completely about it. Um, there was what I would regard as an unintentional Easter egg in it uh, involving William Shatner's face. And, uh, and an Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, a big, a big glowing, <laughs> swirling Easter egg with souls in it. Um, so we've been just talking about Anton LaVey off and on probably for the whole time we've been doing the podcast. But he was actually very involved in this. Did this need to get made in, I guess it was released in summer of 75. Did this really need to happen? I guess is the first question I have to ask is like, were we getting enough of this kind of stuff already had it already been done was this just kind of taking these similar ideas and doing just a sort of pedestrian take on the same ideas because with my point is with Anton LaVey involved you'd think this is going to be mind-blowingly in-depth and accurate but you get huh? but you get uh uh people you with got what you got <laughs> People with Western garb doing battle with uh, Ernest Borgnine, who at first is in Western garb and then uh, later turns into a, a, a ram. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, no, this movie did not need to be made. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. This movie could have been subtitled Moaning and Melting. <laughs> um. Jolien, uh, were you already pretty familiar with this when you picked it, or did you just say? Uh, yeah, I saw it ages ago, but I've not seen it looking this good. Uh, the print I watched was really nice. Yeah, uh, there's some really good images in it. No, I, I, I was... it's important to this whole subgenre of horror film, obviously, because it it plays its part. It takes place in, I would say a point in film history where people were probably actually really, you know, authentically afraid of the devil worshipers and what they might do. Uh, there was some kind of, uh, before satanic panic, there was some sort of a, uh, a satanic cult worry that I think a lot of people had. Um, do you feel like this one is, is a, is a good player in this or do you think it's kind of like cashing in? What do you think? Jolien. Me? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> uh, I don't think it adds anything to uh, the mythology, uh, but uh, I, I think the whole deal with this film was that uh, we're going to do this awesome climax and the rest of the movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, it kind of marks time for the most part. <laughs> So that but we're going to pay off with this climax. So if you're the viewer, it's not your imagination. This is actually not making any damn sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the devil's reign? Mm. You can tell me that by the time you get through this movie. 
it's, I didn't even realize it was spelled like rain, like precipitation when right. you mentioned it. I thought it was rain like it's the period of rule or the area of rule. Yeah, that's the pun the poster plays off. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, This well, movie felt like if you jumped into the last 20 minutes of heredity, heredity you would have no idea what was going on and then it just stretched out for another two hours. And you're just like, who are these people? And by the time you figure out what's going on, you stop caring. And then you're just stuck. Because you go in thinking, Ernest Borgnine, William Shatner, John Travolta, and Anton LaFay? Well, you like cult movies, don't you? I do. Tell me what is more cult than this movie. This movie is about a cult. Yes. This movie involves a guy who started a cult. A cult. <laughs> this movie involves a guy who went into a cult. Uh-huh. Yet somehow. <laughs> and I'm sure it's a cult favorite. Yes. Yet somehow. <laughs> and yet somehow it didn't work for me. Um, it's one of those that were like, wow, what what went wrong? There was, there was no uh, coherence with the, the script like a, when the director came in the scriptwriters told him, uh, oh, yeah, it all makes sense. It, uh, d- don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, here, Don't t- worry about it. It'll all make sense. <laughs> Take a hit off this big fat joint and stop worrying. <laughs> yeah, just just enjoy it. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I love the cast in this. Um, oh, it's brilliant. Ida Lupino. Ida Lupino. Yeah. She's only it? like 13 years older than William Shatner. Yeah. So it, I know, uh, uh, yeah. So William Shatner playing her son, and uh, Tom Skerritt uh, playing her other son. Yeah. Uh, got Keenan Wynn as the the sheriff. Yes. Uh, Eddie Albert. Fucking Eddie yeah. Albert, yeah. Anton Levey's in it. Uh, yeah, John Travolta, uh, and it's Borgnine. He's really good in this. Yeah. Yeah, he, he looks so. He uh, he's really formidable when he's uh, when he's just like the the cowboy, and he can turn on the threatening. He's he's really formidable. Oh yeah. But yeah. I find the more devilish he gets, like when he puts on the cloak, the more lovable he looks. <laughs> <laughs> so when he when he eventually turned into this goat headed guy, he, yeah, he looks more like, he looks more like a hobbit. He looks cute. Yeah, he did look cute. <laughs> But like, yeah, when, when he's like just a human, you know, you, you remember, oh yeah, this is the guy who was in Bad Day at Black Rock and uh, uh, from Here to Eternity, you know, like he he was a horrible, horrible character in a lot of his early films. Yeah. Yeah, before he was, uh, was it Marty? Yeah, yeah. He became kind of lovable after that, but. Yeah. Now, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know oh. both of you guys, you, you're both uh, fans of Drew Friedman. Um, are you familiar with the cartoon he did <laughs> <laughs> with his Borgnine in it? Where, yeah, like, we're, we're all Borgnine's Borgnine. Uh, he's like, for Christ's sakes, we're all Ernest Borgnine's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was one of my favorite Drew Friedman's because he was still doing the stippling back then. And he just drew a really good Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Yeah, Borgnine, you could take him, you could take him as like a real blue collar, um, 
a movie actor because he he would just show up and he will play the part and he will lean into it and he'll do whatever he's told. And uh, yeah. he never seems to be phoning it in, no matter how bad or good the role might be. He's going to show up and, and do that thing. And he yeah. and he shows up. He's like, yeah, put the goat makeup on me. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, there's there's not a moment I doubt uh, his his uh, integrity as an actor doing this. How how ridiculous it might be. He does not say, I'm above this. I'm not going to do this. He says, all right, where do I sit to get the goat horns put on? Yeah. It's great. Uh, according to the trivia I read, he didn't get paid for this role. What? Oh, man. It was uh, financed with mafia money, and uh, he ended up not getting paid. This is the same distributors who did uh, Deep Throat and Texas Chainsaw, which is infamous for not ah. paying the people who actually made it. Yeah. Well, one, one of the infamous things about it. No. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they did these three movies, and then they, they disappeared and took the money with them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make too many waves with certain kinds of people, do you? Yeah. No. So the story not making sense, do we really even care to go over the storyline of this? <laughs> Can you? Well, basically the idea is uh, there's a fellow called Corbis who used to lead the satanic cult back in the Pilgrim days in New England. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then his coven gets uh, wiped out uh, and uh, they include the uh, ancestors of the Shatner family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's this book that Corbis needs, uh, which they've hidden away from him. Um, so he's hung around and somehow he's got a bunch of followers who may or may not be made out of wax. Mm-hmm. And there's this jar with a bunch of souls in it where it rains all the time, which I think is the devil's rain. Okay. Um, and he needs the jar because then he can sell, sell the souls to Satan and gets whatever he wants in return, which I'm not clear on at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's about as far as I can go. All right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so in the modern day, 1975, they're holed up in this ghost town out in the desert in, uh, I think it's supposed to be Arizona, isn't it? Right. So shot in, Me- yeah. shot in Mexico. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then the, uh, the, the Shatner family rolls in and tries to tries to uh, stop him. And uh, Tom Skerritt, like, comes into town, leaves, goes back into town, leaves, goes back into town, and uh, and eventually the devil's reign. Yeah. Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. So they managed to kind of bore you in a few spots in an 85-minute movie. Now... No way this was only 85 minutes long. <laughs> I know. It seems longer, doesn't it? I was never bored with it. No, I, I shouldn't. Uh, eh, yeah, it's. Not, I wish I hadn't been. <laughs> well, it should have been. It doesn't. You know, it doesn't stop. Run. Yeah, it doesn't stop moving. Yet, I'm not super interested in where it's going for a few points in the movie. <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted there to be a little more peril. Uh, Rob Zombie, take over from here. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I, I will say if he's gonna do if he's gonna do anything next other than uh, race with the devil, the devil's reign would be a good choice. Yeah, yeah, uh, he should do a remake, a mashup of wolves and wheels, and race with the devil. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could I could handle that. Like, do it like Grindhouse, you know, where where you had like Planet Terror, and uh, yeah. Death, Death Proof. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, the the trailers too. But uh, I mean, like, have two feature length movies that are you know maybe shorter, like eighty eighty five minutes, and uh, Devil's Reign and um, Race with the Devil. Yeah. Or, or just combine them, Race with the Devil's Reign. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, did you guys know about the, um, the William Shatner, uh, uh, casting on this one? The, not the, yeah. the, but the face cast it looked just like him, like, <laughs> but the fact is when he has no eyes and his face is obviously like a cast, he looks like the Michael Myers mask. He looks exactly like it. Yeah. Like, and there's even a head tilt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, this this uh, movie, uh, they took a cast of his face to do that, those those scenes, and that was used to make the Don Post, that face cast was used to make uh, the Don Post mask of Captain Kirk, uh, and then was later, as we all know as horror fans, was painted white and the eyes cut a little bigger for the Michael Myers mask in Halloween. So, so it's kind of crazy to look at it and say, all right. There it is. I see it. <laughs> yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that, that scene with the head tilt when he's got uh, a Tom Skerritt pinned up against the wall and he just tilts his head slightly when he's looking yeah. at him. That was, yeah. that was great. I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. It, yeah. It prefigures uh, the 1978 movie. Apparently the yeah. mailman's here because the dogs are losing <laughs> their damn minds. Sorry about that, listeners. Just, just keep keep barking. Maybe he'll leave. Um, so yeah, uh, this has a lot of really cool visual stuff. They did a little much on the melting. <laughs> what do you? What do you? A what? lot much on the melting. They really melted some people. Yeah, that's uh, a good seven minutes of just people melting. Yeah, a lot of scre- yeah. screaming and melting. It kind but of. This is like the first. This is, yeah, there hadn't been really much in the way of people melting. I guess that's no. true. <laughs> was it just wax and heat guns? What were they doing? Do you know? That's what I was trying to figure out. If they used big lights or heat guns or... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I they'd obviously got hold of flat. some kind of material that melted under certain conditions that... Yeah. And then they, they, were, they were using puppets and people with layers of makeup on and... yeah full dummies and yeah and this is like this would be like two years before incredible melting man yeah yeah um i know in uh, there was a vincent price in um dr fibes was it twice yeah dr fibes is directed by the same guy but um robert first but um uh he'd been in this poe Anthology. I think it's Twice Told Tales. Okay. But they did a version of a case of uh, facts in the case of Monsieur Valdemar, where he he has a meltdown at the end. 
Um, but I can't think of any other films before this where we had all this melting people effect going on. Yeah. Yeah, it made me think of Incredible Melting Man. So that, was, uh, that was Rick Baker, and this was the, the Bermans. Yeah. So as far, as far as 70s satanic movies go, um, this one's not really considered a heavy hitter. Uh, we got, what, The Omen, The Exorcist. What else did we get in the 70s? Um, I don't know if you could... Cons- Race with the Devil. Oh, sure. Uh, Amityville Horror came out in the 70s. Um, we got, we got some stuff, you know, and this one just sort of seemed as a, uh, an also ran, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, now it shouldn't have been with this cast. And again, the guy who started the, the, the church of Satan, you advising, I think that's where the problem lays. Like he was just making stuff up. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't interesting. I think Jolien said last week, you know, ceremonial bits are not interesting. Mm. No, they're not. He was in, uh, he plays Satan in uh, Rosemary's Baby as well. I think that's his other big screen credit. Oh. Yeah. As far as satanic cults go. That would be. He plays the, when they do the close-ups of the eyes, that's Anton LaVey. Oh, okay. I don't think I knew that. Um, So... Considering this to be an also ran, but uh, now that I know it exists and I've seen it, I got to say, hey, it was fun to watch it. I watched it twice. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it this time around, and uh, uh, I think it's a curiosity. It's not, you know, it's not a classic. Right. It's, uh, I, I yeah. can definitely understand its cult status. Yeah. You know, because, because the the cast and the the ridiculous climax of the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, and and it's got some striking images in it. Like I, I love that first shot of the church just stood out in a flat, yeah, oh, bit yeah. of wasteland, and uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And they were, you know, and, and of course you have the Halloween tie-in as well. So oh yeah, dude, that's that's always welcome in anything we do. Uh, some good explosions and fire going on in this movie. I gotta say, yeah. That's always good to see because obviously they're in Mexico, God's blind spot. They can do whatever they want, you know, they're like, ah, fill it with dynamite and gas. <laughs> it's yeah. like, does anyone know how to strike a match on their sole of their shoe? Just lob it in there. Well, it'll be cool. But, um, yeah, this, uh, this, I, I won't say there was an itch that it needed to scratch, but it. Well, now you know the you've now you've seen the movie where the mask comes from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's great. Um, yeah, it doesn't need to scratch any particular itch, but it's scratching anyway. So, I guess cool, man. You know, like put this in the put this in the list of uh, of uh, satanic movies we've watched and uh, things including Anton Lavey <laughs> and uh, William Shatner in something better than the. Kingdom of the Spiders. What? Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> no? that's, a, that's a good one. I yeah. like. I like it too. But yeah, uh, maybe Rattlers. <laughs> this is better than Rattlers. Yeah, that's probably a better example. Yeah, because I really, I really did like Kingdom of the Spiders. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. I mean, 
it's not a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. Well, Devil's Reign is more plausible. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that well, far. To, to say it's plausible, you'd have to explain what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this bunch of nonsense is plausible. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're living in that right now, aren't we? Bunch of nonsense? We sure are. Yeah. It's the Devil's Reign. I don't know if it's plausible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if the devil was a fucking moron. If it was a movie, I think I would have walked out by now. Oh, man. So, uh, how do you feel as far as recommending this? Mm, you have to be pretty far through the list of 70s Satan films. So, <laughs> d- d- does it go on a, um, maybe a, a cult movie, like, kitschy cult movie night like a bad movie night kind of a programming like oh will we need you to pick three movies from the 70s about satan but they got to be bad yeah i don't know yeah i mean it's it's maybe yeah it 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 seems like it could i just wish i had been a tad more engaged with the whole thing i just felt I felt like I walked into a movie that had already started. <laughs> and like I said before, by the time I kind of figured out what was going on, I no longer cared. Yeah. It's like, wait, Ernest Borgnine turned into a goat man and then back into a guy. And then he's a goat man again. What is going on? But he's really committed to it. And I appreciate that. Like I said before. I do too. You know, this movie has a lot going for it. I will give you that. Yeah. Um, this was no Devil's Rejects or whatever. Three, three from Hell. <laughs> three, three from Hell. Yeah. The Devil threw me off. Uh, I thought, I thought at first Jolene was going to say, "Let's watch the Devils," and uh, oh, yeah. I was hoping it found like yeah. maybe a complete copy I somewhere. Wish. Yeah. You know, I really want to see that film. Um, yeah. I've never seen it, but. Uh, uh, the longest version I've seen of that is there's uh, one that came out in Spain of all places that's the longest version I've seen. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's some crazy copy on online that's Polish or something that's supposed to be complete, but it looks pretty bad. So okay, what happened to the original? Uh, it's I guess it just got cut. A lot of it got cut. It was too much for people. In 1972. Hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, Ken Russell did it. So, you know, Lair of the White Worm. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's supposed to be crazy. So, I've not seen any version of it, though. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't have it. But we'll have I've, to try I've, to. I've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that Spanish cut is the, the longest one I've seen. Okay. We'll see if we can find a, a long one. Maybe we can do that review at some point. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, Jolien, how about you? Uh, is, is this one that... Uh, how, how, do you, how do you go about recommending or not recommending <laughs> this one? Uh, yeah, I, I recommend it because it, it's just so... Uh, it's just got this, such a fun cast and uh, it's like the you know debut of Travolta on the big screen. And yeah, the, the Halloween mask and everything. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's just curio. Yeah. You know, and, and if I'm recommending good, like devil movies of the 70s, then uh, yeah, this isn't on it. But um, no, this is definitely if you're, yeah, if you're looking for a curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. That's a, I'd say that's the best way to put it. It's a curiosity. And if, and if listeners, if you aren't sure that it's Travolta you're looking at on screen, just look for the dimple in his chin. You'll know you're looking at Travolta. <laughs> yeah. He plays Danny. Danny. Yeah. So every time, yeah, every time I think of Travolta, I think of uh, Vinnie Barbarino or Vincent Vega, you know, <laughs> it's either welcome back. Cotter. Who's talking. Oh uh, yeah. I guess there's that the too. movie that revived his career. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, what was that, Battlefield Earth? Uh-huh. Well, as I said before, I'm sure on the show, you know why Travolta has a pilot's license, right? Oh, yeah, so he could do battle with the Zootons or whatever? No, because he's made so many bombs, they won't let him on a commercial flight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, count it. Yeah, I would say I agree with Jolie, and this this one's more of a curiosity than like a classic. But uh, I think if you haven't seen it and you dig horror movies, especially you know satanic cult movies, just watch the thing, and then you could say, yeah, yeah there's this one too, and uh, <laughs> and also story. Yeah, and uh, and you get to see the the origins of the Michael Myers mask and a head tilt. So there's there's that. Um, so. Uh, having said that, Will, is it your choice next week? Yeah. Uh, other than Hell Comes to Frogtown, have you thought of anything else you might want to <laughs> might want to watch? Why would I? <laughs> is that is that the watch for next week? Is it technically a horror? Uh, yeah, I told you already what was horrible about it. <laughs> hey, if you want to watch Hell Comes to Frogtown, Rowdy the show, Roddy Piper is the last fertile man on earth. Yeah. Um, have you rewatched? He has to repopulate the planet. Oh God, that's such an '80s notion. Um, have you rewatched They Live recently? No, I haven't. Tell you what, do you want to do a? a I don't know if if we should say double feature, but do you want to do Hell Comes a Frog Town and a then Rowdy Roddy Piper double feature? If you if you're into it, I'm into it. I'll totally watch those movies. Because I rewatched They Live a few months ago, and I was really feeling it. Yeah. And, and I will yeah, rewatch it again. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So, Rowdy Roddy Doubleheader? Uh-huh. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll think carefully about, um, about what to watch next time. Uh, so... Anything else before we get out of here? Stay off the lawn. Yeah. Listeners, thanks for listening. <laughs>